Welcome. <laughs> Who are you welcoming? It's like you're talking to a room. Welcome, Josh. You are now in your own podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. Thank you for joining me in my podcast. You're making it sound like it's a worm. No, it's definitely not. I'm sort of excited. You've got me here again, again by the it's way. starting to get a bit old, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not old because it's a new space at the moment and I'm all around being in a different area other than my own trapped bedroom. But the Riverina Comedy Club, I've heard a lot about, don't know much about, and Eleanor Pollock. Yeah, I haven't been able to find out much about her, to be honest. No, she's a little bit of a behind-the-scenes guru super ninja. Right. And Like, like, like that, except yeah, without okay. the whoa bit. <laughs> yeah. So a um, slightly more silent version of a ninja. <laughs> like a, like a an silent a- ninja. <laughs> Ninjas are silent. Yeah, but I'm talking more silent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. So she's the silent ninja behind the scenes of the Riverina Comedy Club. I heard it described from a comedian from... Canberra. I can't remember his name, but he was a very funny, cool little dude, and he said that she's basically the engine that makes it all work. Yeah. And it's this great room, and it's set up purely for maximum laughs and for the comedians and the audience to have as comfortable an experience as possible. Yeah. So they're running a metropolitan quality room that's always very comedian-friendly and crowd-friendly, and they're doing that in Wagga, or have been, and now they're up until recently with all this stuff that's happening in the world. They were they did two proper full blown events in Aubrey as well. Yeah, right. And Eleanor's the one that's putting a lot of it together. So Cool. I'm keen. And Listen she also in. does, you know, the graphics and stuff. So she's got her own talent. Oh, she's got her own talent other than organizing comedy. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I want to hear about it. Righto. This is Eleanor Pollock from the Riverina Comedy Club, resident of Wagga and I'm assuming someone that's probably had a beer at Romano's and been kicked out of the Kringle Hotel at some point, like all of us. <laughs> Isn't isolation with a professional comedian meant to be fun? Is that what you would be expecting? <laughs> I think theoretically, but, um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of Xbox being played. Um, Yourself or talks about. Oh, no, Dane. And then, yeah, I'm not an Xboxer. Um, Yeah, he's playing a lot of Xbox and a lot of, um, yeah, stuff like that. Lots of talking about what we're going to do in the future, but not a lot of action because you can't really do anything at the moment. No, which is partly Mm. why I guess I wanted you to come on today because – I think everyone yeah. lo- everyone locally the last couple of months was very excited about everything that had just started happening, particularly, obviously, you'd built the thing, the stuff in Wagga, the Riverina Comedy Club, and then yeah. it was just launching in Albury. And then, yeah, this, this has all kind of happened. But I guess normally what happens, Elle, is I will go back and put an introduction on this later. Mel and I will have a little oh, chat yeah. about things, so... Pretty much, we're already into it, so we may as well just keep going. There's no, there's no real official start. We may as well. Yep. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely. I guess just up front and out of the people that we've spoken to throughout the day, you're probably the least familiar person to Mel, my co-host, and she did ask me, okay, what's the 
what's the lowdown on what <laughs> Eleanor actually does? And I think what it's a pretty, pretty good question yeah. because you do this mountain of work, mm. but people might not actually realise that you're the generator behind a lot of what happens with comedy around here. So, I, did, yeah, I did research, and there's nothing to research on you because you're just doing stuff for oh. other people. <laughs> so, I, I am, I am just behind the scenes. I was wondering that actually. I was like. I wonder if you do a little photo or something because I don't even think I'm Googleable. Um, <laughs> I like to just sort of stay in the background, which is lovely. You've got a beautiful face. You should mum. be in the background. I've, I've seen that <laughs> as much. Well, throwing out compliments. Yeah, been... no, I've seen a photo yeah, of like, the face, geez, so it should be in the foreground. Yeah, no. <laughs> so what, what, what is your role exactly for people like me who would go on and don't know you personally and get onto your socials and everything and try and have a look and go, she, she's just a, a big sharer is my perception. So you're part of oh, absolutely. Riverina Comedy. Yeah, so me and Dane um, started Riverina Comedy Club. So Dane's obviously my partner. So we started Riverina Comedy Club here in Wagga uh, in 2015 um, just because Dane had, that year, competed in Deadly Funny, which is part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So it's a competition for Indigenous Australians to like get into comedy. It's sort of like raw. And so he had done that and then went on tour and then came back to Wagga. But because Wagga is sort of not, like there's not, there wasn't a huge comedy scene here, I suppose. We were just sort of like, oh, well, we've been to other comedy clubs, but we know that they exist. Why can't we have one in Wagga? So we decided to make one. So Dane's like the ideas person and he's like, we should do this. And then I'm the doer. We always say that um, there's two different people, two different types of people in life. There's flowers and then there's gardeners. And I'm definitely a gardener. I just do all the work behind the scenes to make the flowers shine. So I do everything besides what you see on stage is probably the easiest way to put sort of what I do for Riverina Comedy Club. So I do uh, everything from uh, posters for the show to organising lineups to chatting to different comedians and sort of organising um, the show for the next forever, however long, like we've planned it in the future, um, as well as uh, I set the club up. So I put all the furniture out and all of that sort of stuff. So all sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff that helps the show sort of come together that you would probably, as an audience member, not even think about, that's sort of what I do. As an audience member, you should be thinking about that stuff after the comedy because <laughs> what you're actually doing is way more work than anyone oh. else. And for anyone that's yeah. ever put anything together, you need a big pat on the back for that because there's a massive amount of stuff yeah. that goes into putting on an event and organising. Um, we always say it's absolutely a passion project. But well, I was going to say that I think that other than maybe curating an art exhibit, there might not be anything yeah. that I've come across that's more important to get right for the art form than the room that it happened, that comedy happens in. And that's something, honestly, I've only really learnt from having done a few gigs, but also remembering back to the shows that worked and that haven't worked when I lived in Melbourne, etc. What you're essentially doing is you're kind of curating a space for maximum laughter. What I wanted to start with today is where did these skills that you've managed to basically nail... Where did they come from? Because I can't imagine you were doing a bachelor of setting up a comedy room at Charles Sturt Uni. Like, oh no, 
I wish. Um, that would be very handy if they did that course. Um, but no, I don't even come from a performance art back, arts background or any of that sort of stuff. I did graphic design at CSU. Um, and so I didn't even really know um, much about comedy really until me and Dane started seeing each other. And then he he just started doing stand up when we had gotten together I hadn't even seen a live comedy performance until probably like six months into our relationship we went and saw Ando at the Wagga Civic Theatre but that was my first experience with comedy and it's just like we've just sort of picked it up along the way I suppose um just different I I like we go we obviously go to a lot of comedy shows and we go to a lot of um comedy clubs and then we just sort of see how other people do it and we're like how can we implement that so it's yeah we've sort of just been figuring it out as we go like yeah (laughs) as silly as that seems um there's no one size fits all obviously further to that question where does the drive come though because people obviously you've got no scene in Wagga and there's been no scene in Albury really you could like a lot of things in Wagga you know, the average cover bands down at the old home tavern or the front of Romano's or whatever, you could have gone for a very minimalist approach and people would have been like, no, it's Wagga. There's one light and they're standing on a stage and the mic didn't work, but it was kind of funny. Like you could have gotten away <laughs> with less than what you've actually managed to build. Like was that ever a conversation or did it just naturally happen that you thought, why are we doing this if we're not going to do it really well? Um, I think if you had come to our first show <laughs> that we ever put on, it certainly is worlds different to what um, it was like because I suppose we're not really doing shows. We're not doing shows at the moment. So it's very different. Our very first show, um, we were were quite lucky in that um, Dane has performed in bands over the years. So he's got a lot of like PA equipment and all that sort of stuff. So all that sort of stuff, we were just like, yeah, we've got that covered. Like sound-wise and all that, microphones and all that sort of stuff, we knew that we could... We could provide that. So we were like, that at least. And then, yeah, like you said, just finding the right space because, um, yeah, we've, de- we've definitely been to some some rooms over the years and it's just like, well, I don't know if I'd put a comedy club like right next to the pokies or, you know, <laughs> like you've really got to, you've got to, you've got to find the right vibe. Um, and yeah, like you said, Wagga has, no scene or had no scene for comedy like um probably like most sort of regional areas the most comedy they would see would be either on telly or on youtube or even like if carl barron comes to town like that would be the extent of it like there's certainly no comedy clubs or anything like that and we were just sort of like if we can put on we just had this idea and it was like if we can put on a show and it's like a cheaper ticket and we involve locals, which I think is what's, what's different about our club is that we have a headliner, which we get from Sydney or Melbourne or wherever they're from. Um, so we pay for them to come to Wagga to headline our show. And then the first part of the show is regional and local comedians getting up and having a go. We do workshop people as well, um, just sort of get, getting them prepared and ready for the stage. But um, I think that's what's unique about our club. I think that's why... So many people in Wagga support it because they are supporting their friends and it's sort of like a big sort of family spirit sort of thing. So I think that's sort of what what has helped us along the way and that's why um, sort of how it is now. 
one thing that may not be obvious to people unless they've come to one of the shows, obviously, there's been a lot of them up in Wagga and the two in Albury, is it's not it's not open mic content from the locals and the regional people. Like you are curating yeah. that just enough that there's not this exponential distance between the locals and the headliner in terms of obviously time-wise, the headliner does a lot more time, but they're not necessarily 800 million times funnier because you've put some effort yep. into choosing people that work on the lineup that are local. And just out of interest, being local, does that ever put you, this is what I've been wanting to ask, does it ever put you in a tough spot where obviously Dane is a professional comedian, he's at a certain level, but if it's coming from you, L, how do you tell yeah. a, a local person that maybe they're not quite ready for the Riverina Comedy Club? We do curate it, like you said. Um, it's not. It's certainly not open mic. However, at the beginning, we just didn't have local. Like I'm sure there were like-minded people out there that were wanting to give it a go. Like you always talk to people, and they're like, "Oh, I'd love to do that," but there just wasn't a place in Wagga for it. So when we first started, we only had five locals, and that was the maximum people that we could even find that were brave enough to brave the stage. So it was probably a little bit more um, open mic then for the very first one just because we were sort of figuring it out as we go whereas now I think we've got a group we've probably got a collective of about 50 I call them regionals as opposed to local local comedians now because we as you said we've got the show in Wagga so a lot of our comedians come from Wagga and come to our workshops and then there's people in Albury and then there's people in Canberra I've got a couple of comics that travel from Melbourne or a little bit further yeah, but it is a little bit um, – it is can be a little bit hard, but we always just say to people, um, especially if they're a local person, if they're a, um, from a little bit further away, we always like to either know, know them or they, like, send through where they've performed before if they're a visiting, like, not a local person who can come to a workshop. Um, whereas if they're a local, we always say, like, regardless of – who you are or if we're friends or any of that sort of stuff. We always just say, come to a workshop, work on your ideas. And I think um, at the workshop, people, once you get up on the stage, and even if it is just in front of like 10 people at a workshop, um, you do sort of, you, you sort of feel you sort of feel the pressure a little bit more. I think we've had like the most confident people who come in to a workshop and they're like, I'm just going to nail this. I'm a comic. My friends think I'm really funny. And then they'll come to a workshop and we'll be talking about ideas and stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, maybe that doesn't work. Like you can just feel, I've never really had a difficult time telling people, oh no, maybe you're not ready. I always, I think I always just turn back to as well, because I'm not a performer and I know that I would want to workshop a million times over before I was ready for the stage. So I'm like, it's okay. Like you don't have to, you don't have to get up now if you don't think you're ready. Um, but yeah, sometimes you have to have those difficult conversations in order to have a good show. Exactly. Did Mel, did you have something? I was just going to say, where do you get to the point where you're like, I can run a workshop? Like you're saying we a lot. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that in an, like I'm thinking to where do you get to a point where you're like, I know enough now and I've, I'm good enough at my craft that I can be teaching other people or is it on the other spectrum of if you can't do it, no offence, then you teach it because you're on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, we've tried to, uh, especially with 
Riverine Comedy Club. Um, and being that it's local and we're just getting local people on stage who have never been on stage before, I suppose it's a workshop, but I suppose that's a really loose term. It's not as if um, we have lessons planned or anything like that we sort of we sort of talk about the workshop as a bit of a brainstorm like Dane's not going to tell you what's funny or what you should or shouldn't say or any of that sort of stuff it's really we we go along and we meet in the space so where we're going to have the show we take along like the mic stand and the microphone and um, you can just get up and talk about sort of vocalize your thoughts and then as a as a group, we sort of all help each other and brainstorm, whereas I suppose Dane's had a little bit more, um, obviously a lot more compared to, compared to some, stage time and gigs and stuff like that. And it's just stuff that we've learnt along the way. It's not necessarily this is, this is the only way that you can do comedy and this is the only way that you can learn stand-up and all that sort of stuff because it's such a, such a vast, craft like there's so many different ways that you can do it and it's really just what we've learned along the way and I think if you come to a workshop you can sort of take it or leave it it's really just a brainstorm with like-minded people so I don't think it was really a time where we were like oh I think we're confident enough that we can run a workshop we were just sort of like this would be a good idea to not only help local people feel confident enough and maybe get different ideas but also it's it's great for like me and Dane as well just to sort of see see the interest and see if um, there is like-minded people out there in regional is that well we should point out them. sorry that they're free I'm not sure yeah, whether Mel thought yeah, they yeah. were paid workshops no, but no. yeah I'm just no. yeah because they, they are actually they, yeah just so that's clear to the people who are listening it's something that you're welcome to come along to I'm assuming is yeah so you say yeah, you say yeah. we a lot. And you say we workshop mm. and we we do this, and Dane Dane's your partner, Dane Simpson. Yeah. But do yeah. you ever get up because you're saying we break down and analyze? Do you actually get up and do some of this yourself, but you just don't perform live to a an audience, or are you sort of actively part of this workshop that's going on? I do. I don't do any jokes. I am certainly not a comedian. I uh, I go along to the workshop and probably what my input is at a workshop is I've been in an audience a lot. Like I, as much as Dana's performed, I've been in the audience. So I'm like, I think it's good to have both perspectives at a workshop. So Dana's giving you advice from a stage perspective, whereas I can be, as an audience member, I'm perceiving that like this. So I suppose I give that feedback, not so much because when it comes to telling jokes on stage, I can't, like I'm limited in my knowledge of what I can help you with. Whereas as an audience member, I think that as much as it's important for you to be telling your jokes in a specific way, like you've got to think about the audience and how they're going to receive it um, because that's obviously part of it. So I think I go along and I I help with that, but also I go to the workshops and I obviously I run the club and I book the gigs and all that sort of stuff. So I, uh, me and Dane work together, and I um, we we figure out like who's ready and who who will be um, who will be ready for the next show, and then I book them in and I do that sort of stuff at the workshop. Sort of let everyone know how the show is going to run and how long they get and all that sort of stuff. So I, I do that at the workshop, whereas Dane does all of the, the stage presence and the microphone techniques and all that sort of stuff. 
I think also, L, that you also keep things moving along because yeah. I know that last time there was a couple of us and Dane got on this little funny, he must have had an, an actual joke idea going on in his head or something was happening, but you could tell he was really digging in on, I think it was something like using explicit language or not, whether that's advisable or not. And I don't think he had an opinion on it, but his brain was just going 100 miles an hour. And then at some point you kind of chimed in and just said, okay, we probably need to go to the next step. <laughs> so just the, I guess the main other reason other than introducing local listeners to the Eleanor and also knowing a little bit more about Dane from a person who's not Dane, <laughs> I, was also, I was also wondering, you guys have been doing something that Mel just said to me earlier randomly. She said, I'd be really great if you guys were doing a, you know, some kind of weekly catch-up via Zoom or something just to keep things churning along and kind of bubbling. You guys have been doing that for a few weeks now. I haven't been able to make one. Yeah. But like, what sort of ideas have you got going on and, thing, and initiatives, I guess, just to keep the local scene bubbling away while it can't be a live event? Yeah, well, um, obviously we can't have shows and we can't have workshops at the moment. So... I just said when we cancelled our shows for the foreseeable future, I was like, obviously being online and being present on social media and all that sort of stuff um, as Riverend and Comedy Club is very important um, for our local audience and keeping them engaged. So wanting to put content out there, as you've probably seen from various other comedians, like social media is just flooded with content at the moment. Um, because it's the only way that you can you can get it out there. But then I also thought it's important not only for the audience to feel engaged, but also our local comedians. Because I think as a as a local comedy group, we like it's very easy. I think to not perform for six months or however long this might be, and sort of fall off the radar and just be like, oh, no, that's just something I used to do. I can't do that anymore. Whereas I sort of thought if we have these weekly Zoom catch-ups, like obviously we're not really doing anything else. Like it's not as if we can't catch up because of various other commitments. So like if we do these weekly Zoom catch-ups and it's not necessarily a workshop, people can talk about different creative ideas and stuff that they've been thinking of, but it's also just to check in and see how everyone's doing and making sure everyone's still okay and if they've got different ideas and sketch ideas or whatever that they want to do from their home or that they need ideas with or that they want to send us and we can put on the Comedy Club page, then that's sort of what we use that for. And so, yeah, we do that every week and we have done that so far and it's been great. People need outlets still, like you're saying, you've started your your chat up just to touch base and particularly creative people need an outlet of some sort so you're doing a good service there and i hope there's more of that happening yeah Yeah, definitely i think that also mel what you were talking about makes a lot more sense now than what i thought you were getting at earlier because doing a conversation where it's just people from the comedy club all talking on that's a private thing but in the end as much as it's great when another comedian or someone who's funny laughs at your joke, yeah. we're not actually really writing jokes to make other comedians laugh, yeah. although it's kind of nice when that may or may not happen. You you want it to be for regular people that might come to a show. And yeah. what you're talking about is replicating that. Yeah. Like regular folks having a way to let you know that this material is good or bad or yeah. funny or whatever. 
Yeah, I think it'd be like obviously you're what did you say? You're the gardener. I've just come up with you. I'll just sub in for Dane at the moment and push you down the gardening track and go out and get some seeds in that place. Because I, I really think that if you can get that happening around here, there'll be a lot of people that would tune in, particularly now we've got nothing better to do with our time. Like you said before, I'm much more likely to tune in to, to see some local comics now that I don't have to actively go and get myself there to swap something else out. If I'm already at home, I'm probably more likely to tune in and get around it so that when the scene can kick back off again, I'll be much more invested. I've been, and it's good that this is making me feel more positive about what's happening and what maybe is what is possible using technology. Yeah. For me, having just started and just started to get some laughs and been on stage a few times where I was getting to the point where it wasn't overwhelming in terms of nervousness or anything like that, to then have to stop. I've been really worried about having to rerun that gauntlet again. You know, like people, they talk about failing their SEAL training a bunch of times yeah, and they've got to do it all over again, carry the same boat. I was really concerned up until probably this conversation, honestly, that am I going to have to become a complete beginner again when things open back up? if it is six months, Mm. but if there are other ways to perform or tell jokes, like I've got this little short form comedy podcast called Tips of the Slung. It's a minute long. All of my my jokes that I've written in the last 12 months that have been kind of one-liner slash tiny little story jokes, that's not what I want to be on stage. But I've actually found, hey, that's a good channel for that. And now more people are listening to that than are listening to this show, which Mel and I have to work on. (laughs) But... There's a, there is an outlet for things comedy-related or artistic if you put a little bit of thought into what technology can get me, you know, a different audience or a new audience or any audience. I don't think you're ever going to remove, like, the value of a personal interaction, but what is going to come out of this is some amazing evolution and innovation that we have an ability to connect with each other in different ways that maybe usually space or time might have taken away and now we've got just different ways to do it and we've just got to make it happen. Wow, I might have to change it to pro- Professor Mel <laughs> instead of Producer Mel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a very rare very moment, fun. very rare moment of clarity. Yeah, and that I'm was. Just <laughs> you stayed on subject for a whole <laughs> sentence. <laughs> That's probably yeah. a good way to wind it up. <laughs> okay, well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for making the time today, Elf, and Thank just for you. all that you do in the background. I know that you're probably still thinking, well, if it does open on X date, we have to be ready for it or some other date. So I'm sure that you're still churning away, doing some form of work in the background, some gardening, so but to speak. There's always, yeah, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes, that's for sure. So I'm, I'm sitting here planning some stuff, um, actually, just before we started talking, so... There's always stuff going on. There's always planning to be done. So, yes, watch this space. We'll be back. And Riverina Comedy Club on Facebook for that one. That's for the public page, yeah. I think, that promotes the shows. Yeah. 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 That's the Absolutely. only one I could find. Yeah. Aubrey and Wagga folks, so they're the two main audiences for this show. So, yeah, you'll be able to see it either or or both, which I would encourage because both rooms are different. So you might find one thing funnier yeah. than the other when you go to both on two different nights. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And it's very nice to to meet a gardener.
It but, is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very friendly, nice, very polite friendly. gardener. You know, <laughs> not a Costa or a Don Burke, just a, a lovely blonde. That's what guy. I was getting at. <laughs> There's got to be at least one one legitimately reliable, not sleazy gardener in Australia. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much. Just don't put that in any any of your resumes going forward. <laughs> yeah, no. I won't. Thank you. Right. See you later, Elle. Thanks. Thanks, Elle. Cheers. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Wowzers. She you, knows a lot. Yeah, and you're also full of compliments. Oh, I'm a bit like that. Great I'm- gardener. Beautiful face, all this stuff. She did. That's the only thing I got out of her social page is she had a beautiful face. No. And she should be putting it out there more. Well, now you know that there's a very active brain behind There the is face. an active yeah. brain and she's got a, there's a lot of thought behind everything, which yeah. I don't think you'd necessarily um, line up with comedy naturally as an outsider, no. I will say, not from an internal perspective. I know... You'll get defensive, Josh, because you're sort of leaning into comedy at the moment as well, and I know there's a lot of work that goes into it. But from an outside perspective, you're just like, oh, they're just telling jokes. Yeah. it's much more to it. But that's, I mean, just in my experience, I think just from listening to Burr and Rogan and all these people for a decade now, I think that comedy, particularly if it's from North America, has this image of we do it on our ear. They've yeah. almost propagated a don't over it. Nothing's thought out. We yeah. never overthink it when, if you actually go to do any of it, everything's thought about and everything is perfected. Yeah. And the room matters and the environment and the lineup sequencing, all that stuff matters a lot, probably more honestly than when I've played in bands. Yeah, right. You can get away with a lot of kinds of rooms as long as people can hear the singer. Yeah. You can get away with nearly any kind of gig. Yeah. Particularly in the bands that I was in, prog rock bands. But I don't know whether you can get away with anywhere for comedy. I think it's got to be a very curated experience. Yeah, it was an interesting um, perspective because I know a few people, you included, have sort of said there's times when you've performed and you're just like, the room is terrible, which to someone from, like, again, an outsider is just like, Yeah, that kind of sounds like Like, you were probably shit. Yeah, like exactly like, oh, yeah, blame the room. Exactly like you'd blame your tools or whatever if (laughs) you're a carpenter. I know know when I – there was a gig that I went to last year. It might have been when I met you. I won't name the venue, but I intentionally went there knowing this is going to be the least comedian-friendly room I'm going to do in my early development. I've heard that it doesn't work. It's very hard and it's super music-oriented. Yeah. And I went there with the intention to bomb. Yeah. Because I thought, if I can get through this and survive that feeling, yeah. that I don't care if anyone laughs because I've learned something. And I've told that to a few people. And even telling you now, compared to the last time I might have told you that, I can see that there's some belief in your eyes. Whereas yeah. last time you are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all, well, that's how you sort of met me, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I could say, I would negate that because I was very high in the comedy stream there with just my dancing and everything. But you were actually up the front. You were one of the three people I could actually see that looked like they were enjoying themselves. (laughs) So I've got to make my own enjoyment. No one else is going to do it. Yeah. As long as I have fun. That's it. But I I get around the room thing now. I can a bit more believe it. Yeah. There's conviction. And I'm not – I mean, obviously, I think if you're a superstar level funny person like a Dave Chappelle, 
Yeah. He could do the funniest gig you've ever seen in your life in your kitchen, but I don't yeah. think it's the same for novices. <laughs> well, it's funny you say about kitchen because a lot of comedians now might be having to do their gigs from their kitchens Correct. pretty soon just until we can and let's all hope, actually be released in the world. And let's hope they do even just a 2% better job than anybody that's on TV at the moment. Yeah, you, you're not around TV, are you? They've got a whole team of people they can just call and say, hey, how do I not sound like complete fucking rubbish when I'm talking on the news? They've all been sacked. Well, the first thing you can do, boss, is maybe charge up your AirPods so one doesn't go flat halfway through. Oh, damn, you've picked that up. See, I don't even notice it to the level that you notice. Well, when people drop out and they disappear and then they're going... Do you know why? Because I'm not in that engaged in the first place. You're You're pretty disengaged. Yeah. Young lady. So I, I've, <laughs> yes, and yet to be engaged fully. It's just for anyone out there. <laughs> and she's not that young, by the way. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I saw you yeah. light up when I said young. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to let you just thrive off that for another 10 minutes. Oh, mate. Talking of thriving, Mel does thrive best on a coffee. So. I do. Go to buymeacoffee at punchingsideways.com and buy me a coffee. It's yep. going to cost you $3. It keeps keep, her happy. It keeps me happy, which keeps Josh happier because I'm a bit more level and engaged while we're trying to do these things. Yeah, she's basically either manic or asleep. <laughs> so those coffees kind of level her out. <laughs> In a weird way, they do. Yeah, correct. You're the only person I can say that about. Right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Once again, I know it's a little bit of housekeeping, but... Yeah. If you are struggling to get people to listen to the show and you think it's worth sharing, which I hope you do, find someone and just point them to the website. They can just press play on there. They don't need any technical ability or skill. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, show them an app that's decent. So my go-to, just so you know, is Spotify. You like the Spotify? Most people have it for their music streaming and stuff as well and aren't as techie in the podcast world. So it's a cross-denominator. I like that. Oh, yeah, and just in case we've never mentioned it, you can listen to this on Spotify. You can. If you're listening to this somewhere which is a bit unusual or uncomfortable or just not convenient, just bump over to Spotify if you have it. Get around it. And get melon goddamn coffee. Buy me a coffee. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.